Welcome to Nothing to Hide, the Moore & Giles podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Calfee. Moore & Giles is one of America's oldest leather companies. We were founded during the heart of the Great Depression here in Lynchburg, Virginia in 1933. And almost 100 years later, our leadership is still in pursuit of one thing, the world's finest leather. Perhaps we've even touched your life. Maybe it was in a hotel lobby or your home, or perhaps this morning when you went to get a cup of coffee, you found your favorite leather chair in the corner, you settled in. Well, that leather is probably more in Giles too. Our goal was simply just to share some stories within this podcast, to take you on a journey, to let you experience what we experience. We'll teach you how leather's made and give you insight to some of the subtle nuances of the material. Did you know it's one of man's oldest materials? We're also going to take you to meet some of our favorite people in the world, designers and creative influencers, and people that are connected to Moore & Giles through one thing, leather. We hope you join us on the Moore & Giles podcast, Nothing to Hide. Hey guys, it's Daryl here on the Nothing to Hide podcast, and today we have a special guest. It's John Schroeder, the CEO of Applied Textiles in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We are so excited to have John on the podcast. I look forward to this conversation. Hey, John, thanks for taking time to join us today. Thank you, Daryl. Great to talk to you again and great to work with Moore and Giles. We're excited. When I think about applied textiles, the first thing I think about is repelling a stain. But how did all that start? How did you guys get into the business? How did you specifically start the business? Tell us the story real quick. Well, let me explain that, I guess, in a short way. Desperation often creates great creativity. And having studied textile production and chemical engineering all of my young years, and then moving into the furniture industry, I saw a huge gap in really what was performance. And middle part of my career, I got to work with Gore-Tex and really got to understand not only what great branding, but what great product performance really meant and the commitment to it. And that didn't exist here in our commercial market for the most part. I didn't see that level of performance and the commitment to the engineering and testing side of the business. So we've invested heavily in creating a great level of technology in the industry that I think is going to be successful. How did you come up with the idea to launch Applied? That was really looking at the tremendous gap of what happens in a textile mill in the production world and then where they ship their fabric. And then if you study furniture production and all the different places textiles are used, there's just a tremendous gap. So there's a lot of inefficiency around handling decorative roll good materials. And in the commercial market, all these things are going into interior environments where we want to use better textiles. We want the environments to be more decorative. And so really we built a company to try to bridge the gap of textile production and furniture production, for example, by putting textile production right in the backyard of major, major furniture companies. So we don't make the fabric but we certainly make it better with all of the different types of finishes and capabilities that we bring to the material. Yeah, talk to me about that for a minute, John. What all do you guys actually do to material, to fabrics and upholstery to make it better? Well, probably our secret to success, Daryl, is the certified lab that we run. We have probably one of the largest certified material testing labs in the country, and we do global testing as well. So that helps us see a tremendous amount of problems in the industry as it relates to performance. And it's like being a doctor if you're seeing a lot of sick people, you get better at prescribing a solution. And so the lab has been a critical piece in developing better technologies. And then, of course, we have great partnerships with doctors of organic chemistry out of Stanford and different things that we do to really come up with technologies that are above and beyond anything that we've really seen in the commercial market. 
for materials. Is that part of the culture at Applied? From the outside looking in, you guys seem like scientists to me. Is that true for the culture at Applied? Teach me about that. <laughs> I think it's a funny question, actually. I'd like to think of us as scientists. I'd like to think that we're bringing new technology onto the market. But to be perfectly honest, I think the industry has also been incredibly focused on product that is more cost-driven than performance-driven. So that creates a much larger opening for us, really, together to improve performance of materials for not just textiles, but other decorative materials as well. Speaking of performance, I know everybody uses that word in our industry today. You know, this is a performance material. And I know we've said that about leather from day one, that, you know, hey, it's nature's original performance material. What does performance material mean to you, and how do you guys use the word at Applied? Well, you couldn't be more right. The word in the textile industry has really become almost meaningless. And I think what we have really learned is that our customers are looking for product and brand standards. They want to make sure that something is going to be able to perform and last for a certain period of time within environments that see a whole series of different things that challenge the materials. So what we've really done is broken that down into helping companies, our customers, our mutual customers, that matter, develop product and brand standards. And then we go back and build the textiles, or in this case, leather, to be able to make these product and brand standards, expanding the use of the material. So we stay away from the word performance unless it's tied to, this is exactly what it's going to do. And by the way, here's where it should go and here's where it shouldn't go. So that really helps the industry, designers, specifiers, everyone in the system know where they can use certain products. That's great, man. And I guess tied to that is this brand that you guys have created in Alta. I was going to say the word Alta, but I guess it's actually the product Alta. So when you guys talk about Alta, what does Alta actually mean? Alta is a great name and brand for the product for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's the Greek word for highest. Also, I love to ski and Alta is a great ski area. So every time I think of it, it makes me smile. Mm. Um, but the reality is Alta is always thinking about how you create a better product. It's more of a philosophy of you may have achieved something like we were working on a lot of natural fibers now for a certain major client of ours. And once we achieve that level of performance, we don't stop. There's more things that we can do to get that product to perform. So mm. that may be a little bit of a crazy scientist approach or even a sickness and trying to see what you can actually achieve. But that I think is what has helped the company be where it is today. So teach somebody like me, right? I am not a chemical engineer, uh, not a scientist. I'm a marketing guy. And so when I want to figure out or understand how Alta actually works, could you give us like the real basic principle of how it works? Sure. Uh, a, a lot of materials, you know, textiles, leather, they have a natural level of absorbency. And that's what makes them, for example, the comfort of wearing cotton or even sitting on leather comes from absorbency. And really, the thing that we're doing is a very unique method of changing the surface energy of the material to repel oil-based and water-based liquid stains, even dry dirt. So it's similar to looking at a magnet, for example. A magnet will actually push another magnet away if you have it in the right position, mm -hmm. or it will attract the magnet. What we're doing is making sure that the polarity of the surface of the material, again, changing the surface energy, gives you a higher level of what we call repellency technology. 
and that is critical. We don't want to call it stain resistant because there's a lot of different definitions in that. We're really causing the material to push different types of foreign matter away from it. That is fascinating. So essentially, if we just use that visual image of a magnet using its polar opposite pushing, like that's what's actually happening to the stain as it comes in contact with the material or leather, correct? That is correct. Man, that's fascinating. Talk to me real quick about the safety of Alta. I mean, it's cool that it works, but when I think about my children, my family, man, we spend a lot of time on the sofa or the chairs. Talk to me about the safety of it for my family. That's a great question, and I'm pretty opinionated about this, quite frankly, and passionate about it. I've always been an environmentalist, but I've also been very discouraged with what a lot of the environmental consulting firms try to do to corporations. You know, they create fear and drama. We all know what that is here in North America and our Mm -hmm. press. The reality is we work with three of the largest, very capable regulatory agencies around the world that are the leaders in chemical compliance. And those three agencies are CalProp 65, which is the California proposition here that is very close to Europe's safe standard for chemistry, which is REACH. So those two regulatory agencies, I would say, are kind of at the top of the governmental regulations. And of course, the Europeans are better than the Americans. They just have a greater number of people in a smaller space. So they have to be extremely careful about what's being released into the air and water and whatever the chemicals Mm -hmm. may end being, whether it's next to skin. After that is the EPA, and you know the EPA takes a lot of hits for its lobbyists and political alignment. But in the reality, the EPA has taken some very strong steps against companies like 3M and DuPont, really banning their products, fining them, and taking very serious steps to make sure that there is regulation. I don't think they get credit for it, but a lot of people don't go out onto the EPA or the Center of Disease Control websites and look at the information, (laughs) but it's there. So we really work across those three regulations regulatory agencies, and we're going to continue to do that. And we urge everyone to keep using that because that is the most efficient way for all of us to stay in that correct category for sustainability of chemistry. That's good. I know you're a dad. How many girls do you have? I'm blessed with four and two dogs, both girls as well. So <laughs> I've got my fill and I'm sure I'll have some grandchildren So as a result, my focus on making sure we leave this place a better place for them to live is a priority. Man, that's so good to hear because, you know, one of the first things that um, I was concerned with when we started talking about uh, working with chemistry and science of changing leather was, man, I want to make sure that it's safe for my family. I, like you, have two little girls. And like I said, we spend a lot of time on the sofa and the chairs. And I want to be able to know that when they're taking a Sunday afternoon nap face down on that thing, that it's safe for them. Could you quickly describe, I know we talk about Alta being 95% water, but like at its core, what is in the chemistry there that makes it safe for our families? Well, the chemistry is dispersed in water. Water is a carrier. So the first great step is we're not using solvents or other chemistries that are known to have all sorts of air pollution issues. Essentially, when we deliver it with water, we're creating steam to burn the water off. And then the resulting chemistry is polymerized or bonded in the production process of the leather or the textile material. So the chemistry, again, you know, approved by the EPA, CalProp 65 and REACH, is a floral polymer. And the floral polymer is the critical content or chemistry related to how you make something, again, change the surface energy. And it is the only type of chemistry that will work against oil-based stains, which is the most challenging of all stains, as we know. 
So that fluoropolymer is so common in our lives, like the glass of your cell phone has fluoropolymers in. So it's everywhere where you see a lot of use and where people are trying to keep surfaces clean so that they're functioning well. That's a great way to describe it with the glass in my cell phone. I've also read through the documents on the C6 fluorine chain that it's used in contact lenses and it's used in heart patches. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. Well, the, the human eye only gets oxygen through the lens of the eye. It doesn't get oxygen through the bloodstream. So if you have contact lenses, this becomes challenging because the contact lens is preventing oxygen from getting to your eye. So fluorine is used in the contact lens because it has a very unique ability to transport oxygen molecules through the plastic to the surface of the eye. Again, obviously a very intimate use with the human body. And the next thing is it's used as stents and different types of internal applications in surgery for plastic surgery, facial reconstruction. And this goes back to the relationship with Gore-Tex. These materials are inert. And as a result, their body accepts them, whether they use next of skin or inside the body. And that makes them, again, a very unique chemistry. It's not an easy chemistry to work with, but it has very unique attributes, which, again, is valuable. And that's why fluorine is so prized in many applications. Well, as I sit here with contact lenses in, it's the first time <laughs> I've thought about them having fluorine in them. What else is fluorine used in on everyday purposes that we don't even know? Well, most of us don't realize maybe if you've spent the right amount of money on glasses and you have anti-fingerprinting eyeglasses versus those that are not. There's a tremendous difference in keeping them clean. Yeah. You know, you just can't get the finger oils off of a typical lens unless fluorine is there. So that's another very simple and common use that is everywhere. You see it, all sorts of your iPad, touch screens, everything is fluorinated so that you can easily get the oils off of them and keep them clean and functioning. And that's also a naturally occurring element, correct, John? It is. It's the second smallest atom to helium and it is also the most electronegative atom on the periodic table. It's because it's so charged, Daryl, that's what allows us to make this fluoropolymer that can reverse the nature of materials to absorb to be repellent. Oh, that's so interesting, man. So I'm going to get us out of the science for just a second because I know maybe some people have blazed over <laughs> at this point. I think it's fascinating, but What's the craziest sauce or liquid that you guys have tested at the lab up there and had great results with? Uh, Daryl, I don't think you should ask that question. We, uh, <laughs> we, we did a lot of work from Marriott on mattress covers. And uh, oh. yeah, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. And uh, anyway, we were successful, but uh, it wasn't necessarily the best day for the lab techs. <laughs> I'm using my imagination right now what goes on a mattress cover. And I can only um, just think that that's not probably a space I wanted to work in that day. <laughs> That's correct. So for those that don't know, we are getting ready to launch our first product with Applied Textiles, and that is called Athena. And Athena is a leather that was developed in Spain with our friends at Tannery Omega. And I know your staff went on site and worked for months over there in Spain to help develop this. Could you talk a little bit about that process? I know we spent almost two years quietly working on this. You want to kind of talk us through some of the challenges to working in tannery and how the whole process went? The first thing I'd like to say, anyone listening to this, if they ever get a chance to visit a tannery or a textile mill, I suggest you do it because 
we consistently underestimate the beauty of the production processes that create these materials that are around us every day of our lives. So get out there and get in there if you can. There is a strong similarity to textile tanneries and textile mills and the dyeing and finishing processes. I mean, it is really very, very similar. The difference that we had to overcome in that two-year process is really dealing with collagen or protein as a leather product versus different types of fibers, which are cotton polyester, acrylic, linen. So you have a combination of synthetic products and cellulosic products on the textile side where really the protein that is a leather is a whole different chemistry to create the bond that we need. And that takes time and a tremendous diligence of testing. When you guys first took on the project with us, has it become more challenging than you guys expected? Or what was different about you know working with leather that I guess maybe you guys weren't anticipating? The biggest challenge in dealing with leather is the heat tolerance of the material and then obviously keeping a beautiful hand for the product. So leather does not like heat where something like polyester is extremely heat resistant. As we have become proficient managing products like linen and cotton, those also are very heat sensitive. So our job is really to be great cooks and great chemists. And I think we've been very successful and thankful with Moore and Giles and the tannery to achieve a product that is really the foundation of many things that can come. And it's great to hear just because the fact that, you know, it was not an easy process, you know, it was almost like this big earned win for you guys and for us to develop this leather. I think one of the things that I love most so far out of Athena is that you can't really tell that there's Alta in the leather. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like, it's almost like it's in it, it's not on it. And I think there's some people out there that have tested putting repellency or stain resistant stuff on top of a leather before, and you can really feel it. It just doesn't feel like leather anymore, or really nice leather. Could you talk a little bit about that idea that the Alta technology is in the leather, it's not just on top of the leather? The traditional method of protecting products has, if you want to draw a comparison, it's like painting. I'm going to put on more paint, more coats to achieve a higher level of performance. And really where good chemical engineering is about putting on the most efficient level of chemistry to achieve the job. And that can be a very, very small amount of product or chemistry if it's engineered properly. And so with textiles, we're, we're adding about one one hundredth of an ounce of chemistry to make something extremely repellent to things like olive oil and wine, alcohol-based products. I mean, it's really amazing how little chemistry can achieve a great result. That's really the same thing that we've done with leather. It's easy to add another coat of paint. We don't want to do that. We want to keep the chemistry at a very, very low level, but yet very efficient. And that's just a commitment to better engineering. And it takes more time and money to get there. Where do you see us using Athena at in the very near future and having great success, John? Well, Daryl, it's no secret. I do not like PVC, polyvinyl chloride, or polyurethane faux leathers. You know, there's a lot of environmental concerns around those products, and I've been very vocal about PVC especially. So I'm hoping that we're on a course like we are with textiles to basically use better materials and high traffic areas because they're more sustainable, they're more comfortable, they're more beautiful. And that means that hopefully it makes more sense. So I hope that's the result. Yeah, me too. I think for us in launching this product at BDNY and HD Expo next year, we're obviously talking with architects and designers that are working in these really high traffic areas, workspaces, lobbies of 
hotels. These are just spaces that people don't typically take care of, you know, the same way that we do our homes. And so I would hope that people know that it's like a peace of mind, if you will. So like if you spec this leather, there's a peace of mind to, hey, it's as good as it can be in that space as far as repelling stains or misuse. Would you say that it's not perfect, but it's as close to being perfect as possible? How would you describe the repellency? I think we've achieved a level of performance that no one has yet. And I remember our technicians and our guy from Stanford calling me after they got work done over in the Spain tannery. And they said, hey, the owner of the tannery said, you know, his family's owned this for over a hundred years and they've never seen anything like this. So that was a huge win. And uh, coming from probably, oh, let's just call it a really good litmus test. So the thing is, this is our first project in this area. And like we've been working on this in textiles for the company for 28 years. We've achieved a lot of high performance capabilities across a lot of different fibers. I think we've just, again, opened a new book for leather. And we really appreciate working with you guys. It's been a good experience and I think it's going to continue. All right. So shifting gears a little bit, where do you see Alta's story in the future? I mean, you've had this really cool arc in materials now into leather. Where do you see the technology you guys have created going in the future? We've accomplished a lot on the textile side. And I think we're just going to really continue to explore what are the right customers to work with and maintaining the quality of the product at a very high level. We're not interested in owning the world. We're not interested in going into the market where it's just price driven and no one really cares. So therefore, we work with companies that are great brands and have great technologies. And that's global. They're also it's a big world for us to take on. Slowly but surely, we'll get there because we have the foundation of a great technology and great partnerships like we do with more and Giles. John, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Where can people find out more about Applied Textiles and John the man? Applied Textiles is available at applied-textiles.com. Welcome to come see the site. It's very complete. And our lab has another website that's the Applied Lab. And as for myself, we just really welcome you to come to our facilities. We greet everyone from the marketplace at all levels. And our job is to educate them on how important chemistry and chemical engineering is in materials. So hopefully we'll meet over a visit. Sounds good. And we can find you guys at BDNY this fall and then hopefully at HD Expo next spring as well, John? Yeah, we're going to be at BDNY. We have your space and our space. And then we're also going to be featured in the Hilton space. And then we'll be at HD as well. So yeah, we enjoy meeting all of our friends from all over at these shows. Amazing. All right, John, we'll see you then. Thanks so much. Thank you, Daryl. Take care.